Do you love this podcast? Do you wish you could learn even more? Well, we have an online class bundle. Our online class bundle is comprised of three online classes, Beautifying Your Home for Less, Styling Your Home, and The Fundamentals of Feng Shui. Each one of those three classes is between 30 and 45 minutes long and chock-filled with visuals and tips, things that will help you to style your own space or help out with other spaces. Additionally, with the pack of three classes, you get an autographed copy of my book, Affordable Interior Design. You get all of that for only $99. Once again, that's the three online classes as well as the book for only $99. You just go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to buy your bundle today. And if one of those classes sounded intriguing, but maybe you already have my book or some of the other topics are not of interest, you can buy the classes individually at that site as well. Each class is $40. So head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to get your bundle or your online class today. need a high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look. Be your own interior designer. This is Affordable Interior Design, the podcast. Here's your host, Betsy Hellman. Hi, everybody. It is great to be back with you again this week. And I'm very excited because we are joined by a special guest all the way from Florida, even though it's virtual, but all the way, all the way. We are with Shannon Aldrich here. And Shannon is a recent member of the Academy. She enrolled, I don't know, maybe about three months ago something like that. And normally, as you listeners know, I talk to Academy members after they have matriculated, after they completed all the courses. We want to see what they're up to and see how their dreams have manifested. Well, I was talking with Shannon during a coaching call and she said, Betsy, I want to be on your podcast. I have things to share. I think that there's a valuable viewpoint from somebody who's inside the Academy. And I was like, you know what? Yeah. That is an interesting viewpoint. So Shannon, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Before we dig in and talk about your journey and your past life and your current life, tell us a little snapshot about you, your family, what life looks like in Florida, et cetera. So we live in Southwest Florida and it's me and my husband and our two young kids. So I have a four-year-old little boy and two-year-old little girl. Um, so life is very crazy, but beautiful and usually hot because it's Florida. Yeah. So we love it here. And what made you decide to pursue an interior design career? What were you doing before? And then sort of how did that interest get piqued? Yep. So before even I had my kids, I have a background in um, counseling and have been doing that. And then when I had my son, who's four, I decided that I wanted to be at home. So I had stayed at home since the time he was born up until I found the academy. And what really kind of piqued my interest was my husband and I were in a very great, we had a great opportunity to get a rental property out in Sanibel on the beach. 
page. Um, and we found this place and I was in the process of kind of making it our own and making it ready to get renters in there and really compete with the market out there. And it just kind of reiterated how much I enjoyed doing it. And um, our realtor, who's actually a friend of ours, was like, you know, maybe you should consider kind of doing this like as your main gig. And I was like, hmm, like that's something to think about. So I felt like that's what kind of brought me down the rabbit hole of what would that look like? Am I ready for something like that? How do I be able, how am I able to compete with other people in the industry? Um, And that's kind of where the thought process started. Because that's a big leap, you know, mm-hmm. from counseling yeah. <laughs> to then stay-at-home mom to trying your hand at interior design. Mm-hmm. Yes. So what kind of drew you to the academy versus exploring a different route? Yep. So actually, before I had found the academy, I decided to do um, to get my certification. So I did a certification in interior decorating. Um, it was an online course. And that was kind of when I did my research, that was what I found a lot about kind of people recommending and, you know, that in the industry, that's finding somebody with that certification is more sought after. Um, so I did that eight week course, but I still felt like there was so many missing pieces that I didn't have that full confidence to really go out and take on my clients. And kind of what they tell you when you first take it is that, you know, by the end of those eight weeks, you should be able to do that. And it was a lot of kind of the history of things and some of the information felt a little bit outdated. And I felt like some of the core skills that would help me compete in the industry weren't part of that program. What are some of those skills that you're thinking of off the top of your head, things that you wished had been in that program so you wouldn't have to seek something else? So one of the things that I didn't even realize until I took your academy, and I think it was the first project that you do, is you get a shopping list and it's like, okay, start sourcing your items. And it was, you can't pick more than one store to source them. And I was like, oh, oh. Okay, so now I need to think about where are places that I would source from and really think about that. Whereas I feel like I never had to think about those when I went through the eight week course. It was more here's the history of chairs and here's like time periods that these things came from, color psychology, which is very interesting and does have applications to some level, but it's not the everyday here's kind of what you, the meat and potatoes, you really need to be able to do it. Right. And that kind of information, your clients won't even be asking you about. Mm -hmm. I've been in business for 16 years. I've been designing for longer than that. I have never had a client ask me about the history of a chair. I have never had them ask me about what period does this style of sofa come from. I think it is really fun information to know, but what makes you valuable to your clients? Is it that knowledge bank or is it more the knowledge bank of standard sizes, how to use contemporary softwares, how to lay out a room with maximum, you know, functionality and workability, right? So these are the things that I felt when I was looking at interior design programs was really missing when I was training designers who were working for me. And I was like, you don't know standard sizes? Like, what? And I realized that they had a lot of interesting knowledge, but none of it was applicable to taking paying clients with confidence. 
No. And actually when you were just saying too about like the like different software. So the course that I took, which was I had found a couple months before I had found your course, it was talking about like, so you teach us how to do Icovia, which is a floor plan designing software. Whereas the program I was taking was like basically use graphing sheets and that's how you draw stuff out. And in my head, I'm like, that seems so outdated. When am I ever going to need to do that? Or like, instead of doing mood boards, it's you bring a poster board with you and here's how you present it to your clients. And I just remember thinking like, that just doesn't seem like, I feel like if I had somebody coming to me with that, it would just seem very outdated. And they didn't even address some of the other different like softwares or mood boards or how to even, you know, look into those things, which is another reason why I'm very grateful that I had found the Academy. Well, and that's what I discovered too, is a lot of those programs, whether they're in person or online, don't venture into software. They don't, but you can show up at somebody's house with a piece of paper and a scale ruler. Like, no, Uh, even when I was in high school, people were using CAD. I mean, CAD is much more robust than the typical designer needs, but it just goes to show you, I was in high school a long time ago, Shannon, (laughs) and even then it would have been outdated, right? So I'm not sure why they don't tackle the software component. Some of them do, but it's a separate course that's, you know, multi-level. And um, so it's just about making the software approachable, but using professional tools that will show your clients your value, but also show them that you're contemporary, that you can compete with the other people out there. Because what does that look like? I know that while you're taking the academy due to our coaching calls and your activity in the Facebook group, that you're taking clients concurrently. How is that working? Like, how does that feel? Yep. So I, I will say this is kind of guess jumping forward, but if anybody has the excuse of, I don't have the time to do this right now, if I could find the time with two young kids at home, like anybody can find the time. So like for me, I was waking up two hours before my kids in the morning and knocking out two hours of it in the morning. And then during nap times, doing a little bit while, you know, they were in for their naps. Um, So I felt like I was able to tackle a lot because I made it a priority because it was important for me to learn as much as I did. So by the time I had taken my first client, I had gotten through almost all of the modules and even went back to certain things. Like I noticed, for instance, with the software, um, when I was doing the room on Icovia, there was a lot of bump outs in the room I needed to do. So being able to go back and replay some of those lessons. And I feel like it was kind of real life practice. Um, So I have this this room that I'm working with. And then I'm also going back to the academy to make sure that I'm doing the things properly. Or if I need to re-listen to a lesson that I can do that, like, okay, with this client, here's what I'm struggling with a little bit. Let me go back to module three and listen to it. Um, you know, thinking about like the best plate, like floor plans, or I mean, to be honest, in my binder that I carry everywhere with me, I've printed off a lot of kind of the sheets that you handed out for us. Mm -hmm. And I use it all the time. And even 
Um, like part of it is you get access to the Facebook group, um, which is a nice added bonus. But one of the fabulous people in the Facebook group put a inches to feet. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because when you're writing everything down in inches and then you're trying to convert it, it's, I have it printed out. It's very simple. I, when I have my sketches and stuff, okay, I write it in the inches and then I just quickly look at that and write it out and the feet too. What's that conversion? So it's a lot of, for me, taking on that first client was also the learning as I go and just going in slowly, not taking on more than I thought I could handle in the beginning. When I love that idea of going back to the videos, because you have lifetime access to those as an Academy member. That does not expire. It's not a six months only. You better watch it or else you won't have access. You know, it's basically your safety net and the answers are there, right? You need to know how to do this certain thing. You need to know where to find XYZ. You know, the modules are all really like broken down and labeled so that you can mm-hmm. easily go back. And that's what they're for. Because, you know, we are saying in 10 weeks, this is the information that you need. And now you can go out and work. But that doesn't mean you're never going to have to reference it again. That doesn't mean it's stuck in your brain. And so I think it's such a valuable tool to come back to. We definitely print out those downloads as well. When we have new designers that are working for our firm, I'm like, print out the standard sizes. Just take them with you. Nobody's going to think, oh, that's weird. They don't know, right? Your clients don't know. Refer to your sheet of sizes, of inch conversions. You know, if it's a shortcut for you and is all accurate, then it's only going to be that boost. And the great thing about taking a client well in the academy, even though, I mean, I wouldn't want someone to get distracted or intimidated while taking a client and learning simultaneously. But the great thing is that you have all of us. You know, people in the academy have a wide array of experiences. Some people are taking dozens of clients, like Ashley, who was on the podcast last month. And some people have never taken a client before. But you also have access to me. You have access to Paulina. And Paulina has been with me six years and had a big career in interior design before that. Has an architecture degree as well as an interior design degree. So there's just a wealth of support. We never want you guys to feel alone. No. And I, I, even I remember when I was going back through the Icovia stuff, so you have the whole lesson on Icovia, but then I actually found a group coaching call that was recorded that Paulina had done and she went through some of the stuff. So then on top of going back to the module about Icovia, I watched that too and was pausing it and then practicing it with my Icovia at the same time. Um, And it just is, it's broken down simple enough that you can understand it and take the time to try and master it. Well, and that's the real value, I think, with joining the Academy after we've been up and running for a couple of years, because there's some amazing recorded coaching calls. There's like an amazing two-hour session with a Benjamin Moore representative where she gave us all the ins and outs of everything you'd ever want to know about pain. Uh, There's just such a wealth of knowledge in there and so many fantastic questions from previous students that um, if you have the time, right, if you're up two hours before your kids and are just bored with your coffee, does that ever happen? Uh, You can just pop on one of those videos. And even if it's not chock full of information, maybe it's chock full of somebody else's experience, right? This is a challenge I'm having with a client. This is a challenge I'm having with a module. Can you help me out? And those insights can inform your studies. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. 
You've asked for it, and we have answered the call. For years, you've been saying, Betsy, you're talking about all these great design concepts, but we can't visualize them. You're describing the picture that the listener sent in of their problem, and we wish we could see that picture too. After all, a picture is worth a thousand words, and I do my best to describe them, but there's nothing like seeing it for yourself. And that's why Affordable Interior Design, the podcast, now has a YouTube channel. Not only do we have a YouTube channel where you could see recordings and clips of these podcast episodes, we also have an Instagram, a Facebook, and so many other exciting things. You should check it out. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash links. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash L-I-N-K-S links. And when you go there, you will see links to our YouTube page, our Instagram page, our Facebook page, and more. Please check it out, follow and subscribe so you can see everything I'm talking about. Now, speaking of challenges, what did you find as sort of the most difficult part. I know you haven't completed the academy yet, but what's been the biggest challenge? Um, I think it's almost, so like for me, one of the biggest challenges was probably like learning iCovia and that software and going through and listening to the modules and the lessons be like, oh, that makes total sense. Of course it does. And then you go to do it yourself and you're like, where's the disconnect? Like, where are the wires missing? Because it seems so simple, but trying to do it myself, then like, oh, like, how do I do this? And so I think for me, that was probably one of the biggest challenges that I had was like really learning that software. And I wouldn't say that I've mastered it by any means at this point, but I think as with anything that's new, you need to be willing to go back if you need to and keep practicing until you get it right so that you can feel confident about it. And there's always going to be small challenges. Just the other day, I had like a room that was three quarters of a circle and I had to call Paulina. I was like, Paulina, you got to walk me through this one because I have been working on this three quarters of a room for about 20 minutes and it's still a straight line. Uh, So she gave me great tips that helped me to just keep it moving because you can't find that stuff online. Like a lot of the softwares have certain tutorials, some are better than others, some are more expensive than others, but it's just hard to get that individualized quick support. Paulina solved my issue in five minutes and now I know how to make a three-quarter circle room. But, um, you know, I think the software can be an obstacle at the beginning. I know when we're training our own designers and we're watching other people's journeys, for sure that can be an obstacle, but I also think it's a must. You know, we have, when we decided to go with Acovia versus other softwares, basically everybody at my firm sat down and we were like, okay, these are the softwares we use. Somebody used SketchUp, somebody used, I can't remember all the different ones, Room something, Room Styler, I don't know. So we all kind of pulled our resources and one gal was like, this is what we used to use at my retail company. I think she worked for Ethan Allen. 
but Icovi has widely used at a lot of retailers for its simplicity and also its attractive nature. It has like fun things you can put in. Uh, so we decided on that one because it was the easiest, the most affordable, and the most creative in terms of dropping in a Christmas tree or putting in your dog or adding plants and flowers. So those kinds of things not only make it fun to do, but bring it to life for the client. But without a software, I don't know how people are doing it these days. Because on these exploratory calls, when people sign up with me, they're like, so Betsy, I cut out the couch and then I show the client where we could move it on the graph paper. And uh, yeah, there's a better way. There's such a better way. And actually, like, I feel like it makes me feel more confident when I'm recommending something to my clients. So for instance, the client that I'm working with now, um, we had gone and we had looked at some sofas and he's doing two sofas in the room. And originally we kind of allotted for 90 inches was what we were going to do. And he's like, well, do you think we could do these 93 inch ones? And I said, I'm not going to answer that right now. Let me go home and draw it into our floor plan and let me get back to you. So I make sure that there's enough room in between that that would actually work for us. And sure enough, it did. But I felt confident. I mean, he's spending lots of money on this. I don't want to be the person that says, sure, we can do that. And then we get it. And that took up the entire walkway that was supposed to be there. Yeah, exactly. And especially being able to manipulate it really nimbly. Mm -hmm. When I can pull up that software and show my client why their sectional just won't work in this space, it's empirical. Like it's data. It's not me saying, I don't think it's a good idea. So we need to invest in a $3,000 replacement. It's me showing them. And I will tell you, I was just talking about this with my team in our monthly meeting. And we were talking about how when we're manipulating the software in front of the clients, they think it's like magical. When we can flip out the coffee table from a circle to an oval to a square, show them why rectangular is the only answer, they're like, oh my gosh. So it really is like pulling a rabbit out of our hat. And it's something that they have no idea how to do. And it can set you apart. It can not only give them confidence in you, and as you shared, give you confidence with them, but it's like a wow factor. Yeah. I will say like to, for me, at least the two big things that make me feel confident with recommending things to clients are having, being able and knowing how to use Icobia and do the proper two scale floor plans and then having a mood board that goes with that. So it's like, here is as visual as I can get for you other than it being in the space right before you. And I feel like even as a designer, it gives you confidence to be like, I can't tell you how many times I'm like, okay, size wise, this works. Let's put it in the mood board. And I'm like, oh no, don't like the way that looks next to each other. I need to find something yep. else. And Paulina and a couple of my other designers, they create the mood board at the same time while they're working. They have to see it. You know, we got into this industry because we're visual, right? We like to look at things and I can pretty much design a room and get it 90% where I want, but then I put it in the mood board. I'm like, what's missing? what element, what color, what pattern. So the mood board is not only a tool to sell your work, to get your clients on board with this thing that they can't visualize without it, but also it can help you as you're working, as a tool. And like I said, I always find it fascinating when my designers tell me, Betsy, we don't design without making a mood board at the same time. That's just an interesting workflow, right? 
But definitely, you know, that's part of the academy too, is finding your own way as an artist. What do I need to do to get the best vision? What do I need to do to have the easiest time visualizing and to quickly pivot, right? And if that means making something simultaneously, also if that's more fun, right, then that's the way you should be. You should be doing things, yeah. But speaking of fun, so what was the most fun or interesting part of the Academy so far for you? I would say for me, it was probably learning how to get best go about sourcing and thinking about, because like I said, when we had that very first project to do and it was like, here's the things you need to get, but you can't get one thing at more than one place. So like you can only use, let's say Kirkland's ones or whatever ones. And so that really was like, oh, okay, I got to think outside my comfort zone. And now I feel like I have such a wide variety of places that now I can pick and choose from to look for things that I'm so glad that I, I got challenged in that way to be like, okay, you need to like step outside of the places that you know, and where can we find other things? Yep. And, you know, we do provide a list inside the Academy of our favorite resources. It's a good primer. It's always changing, right? I had to update it recently due to a lot of places closing during COVID. But also, you know, my favorite places change and we just add some new things or flip this one out. But yeah, I mean, if you have a list as a designer of 85% of your things being from West Elm, your clients are not going to value your selections. And it's not because they weren't the best choices. It's because they could have done that right? They could have strolled into West Elm and said, give me everything that's in this display and gotten a very comparable look. So I can't even tell you how many times clients are like, well, there's a lot of things here from Pottery Barn. We need, you know, I could have done that, right? And it's so important to curate those items, to show them that mix, to show your value. And I don't just pick different things to look like I have a knowledge of lots of stores. I don't want things to look like they're a set. I don't want things to look like they all came from one store, even if the store has a diverse range of items like, say, Wayfair, right? We want it to feel more special and more designerly. Uh, and your clients are looking for that or they're going to be dissatisfied. So it's a hard lesson to learn, but it really will start to create a catalog in your own brain. And you'd be like, sometimes I won't even know where the item's coming from, but I'm, I just feel this calling inside me, Betsy, go to CB2. The answer is at CB2. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I, don't, I can't think of the item. It's there. Just go. Just trust your fingertips and punch in the keys. So because I shop all day, every day, it's become like a little catalog in my brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when I have the printout that like you were talking about that breaks down kind of some of the different stores and based on like some styles or high end kind of in the middle, things like that. And that is, I mean, kind of a go-to starting point for me a lot of times. Like, okay, if this is kind of the style we're working with, then let's look at these places first. Or I know I'm missing lamps. Where do I want to go for to find some lamps? Or where are some great places to find a rug that might be a little bit of a different size. So I look at the rug section and those are the places that I check first. Yeah, exactly. So it is a good jumping off point. I will say I still use that document when I'm stuck, when I'm looking for like a high-end store and I've gone through all the ones in my brain. I'm like, let me just go back to the list. Let me see if there's mm -hmm. something I've missed. 
Well, you know, as you're talking, I know a lot of listeners are hearing your story. It's resonating with them. They thought about being an interior designer, but they're intimidated. As you mentioned before, maybe they feel there's not enough time. Maybe they're afraid to make that big leap, right? Uh, So what would you tell them? What advice would you give them? As somebody who's still on your journey, right? Not quite done with the academy, but looking from the inside, what would you say? So I will say when I first started this, the journey, I was terrified, terrified. And I feel like being a mom is kind of what made me challenge myself um, because I always think to myself, what would I want for my kids? If they're passionate about something, would I want them to stop short of something that could be a dream of theirs? Or would I want them to push through that uncomfortable feeling and challenge themselves and see the potential of what it could be? And so I felt like a big reason why I actually decided to take the journey was because of my kids. I wanted them to see that you can do hard things. You can step outside of your comfort zone. And it's never too late to take on a new venture in your life. Well, that's exactly right. You know, I think it's so important. I mean, my mother was a single mother. She worked super hard. You know, she had a lot of obstacles stacked up against her, especially for that era, because I am a little older, right? A little older. So it was harder to live your dreams back then, but I saw her work between 40 and 80 hours a week from under her desk, which is where I would sleep at nights. And I saw her hate her job every day. And that was a very hard thing to see. And it was something I made sure as I was laying under her desk, I was like, that's not going to be me. So when I'm at the dinner table telling my kids about, you know, my day and things like that, my kids are a little bit older than yours at eight and 10, but I get into the weeds with them. I'm like, this is what happened in the office. This is a client I'm working on. This is a challenge that came up for me. This is how I made a difference today. Like, I don't just gloss over it and say, mommy was so busy. Mommy had a couple of clients. Like, no, mommy picked out a couch and now their whole family can sit together. You know, just modeling that what I'm doing lights me up, what I'm doing helps somebody else. And what I'm doing is providing for my family, is putting the food on the table that we're eating, but that there's not a resentment underneath. That there is, you know, it's not saying that every day is easy, right? And they hear the ins and outs too. I don't, I don't hide things, right? But um, every day is fulfilling. I'm going to put it that way. And it's a totally different journey. So not to tarnish the, the trials and tribulations that my mother went through. But I do think there's a better way. And I saw her sweet, sweet freedom when retirement came. And I don't want to wait until retirement comes to have a sense of freedom and purpose. No. And that I feel like was like a big thing for me too, is like just challenging myself to think, what type of life do I want for my kids? Do I want this them to have this passion inside that they never follow and end up you know, doing something else that is just kind of checking the boxes and you're going through it? Or do I want them to step outside their comfort zone and be like, okay, like here's something I'm passionate about. How do I learn about it? Where do I start? Um, Because there was a lot of things going into it that I, I had no idea about. And still I have no idea about, but I'm learning as I go. Yeah. 
And people think, you know, this is an artistic venture, right? So they think, oh, well, how can I make money at something artistic? If I love something this much, if I see it on TV, can it really be a career? And the answer is yes. And the answer is just because it's not the most obvious path to a pension or to amazing insurance or things like that doesn't mean it should stop you, right? It means that there is another way and you can find those things via a different path. And, uh, and I think you're a great example of that. Yes, I hope so. <laughs> yes. Well, you're still, you're still working mm-hmm. it through. So what are your next steps within the academy? Um, so I feel like at this point, it's a lot of kind of just going back and practicing and um, just making use of, of the different things that are there for us to use, um, like taking advantage of the coaching calls and, and all of those things and the support that's there, too. So I feel like that's a big part of it. Um, So I will say I'm incredibly grateful because even when I met with my very first client, of course, I was nervous, had butterflies, wasn't sure if I was going to throw up or pass out. I wasn't sure, but survived either way. But I was telling my husband afterwards, I was like, oh, my goodness, a lot of it's a blur, but... I remember like, for instance, we were in one of the bedrooms and I was like, okay, I was like, so what do you have in here? 10 foot ceilings? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, okay. And I had taken out, out my tape measure or measured the, like where the curtains would be. And I was like, perfect. I was like, this side is actually a standard size. Here's the type of size curtain that you would need to get. So you don't need to go custom on those or just kind of like being able to put tidbits out there here and there that made it sound like I knew what I was talking about because I did know what I was talking about. Yeah. Well, that's just what I was going to say. You know, when you sound like you know what you're talking about or when you know where to find the answers, then you do know, right? Even if it just means that you have a resource that you can ping on Facebook or email, then you do know. And you did build that network. So I'm really proud of you for just taking the bull by the horns and getting in there and, you know, really making this opportunity yours. Because I've seen since the beginning of the Academy, you have not delayed in jumping into these modules. You do have lifetime access. So people can sign up and start in six months. And that's totally fine. Certainly, it's your process. But to see somebody put the tools to use with clients during the Academy is so inspiring. So I want to just commend you. And then I want to ask you to share with everyone where they can find you. Um, so my company, which seems so weird to say, um, but it is, it's my company. And like, oh, that's such a great feeling. So it's Chrysalis Interior Decorating. Um, so we're on Instagram. Um, I have com. Picked a name that I was passionate about myself and it was, it's all me. And that I think is one of my proudest things. I've done a lot of hard things in my life, but making something that is solely mine, it's, it's a feeling that's kind of indescribable. Hmm. Well, I'm so glad that you have that. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad that you built that. I did. And just imagine when the revenue numbers and the client numbers add up to more than you can even imagine. That's what happened to me. Mm -hmm. And it's what I expect will happen to our academy completers, right? That's what I look for. That's what I'm coaching you to do. 
So I can't wait to continue to watch you on your journey. I can't wait for additional coaching calls to hear how things are going. And guys, please go look for Shannon. Go check her out on her website, on her social media pages. And uh, it's been so great having you on. Yeah. And Betsy, I want to do a shout out to you. Thank you for putting together the Academy because I I know that I would not have been able to have such a big first client as I have now. I just met with another potential client today and I wouldn't have had the confidence and genuinely felt like I could do it if I hadn't found the Academy. Well, I'm so glad to hear that. And that's truly the reason I built it. People were listening to the podcast. They were writing me. They were saying, Betsy, I want to be there too. And building this academy was no joke. It took six years of my life and probably 600 new gray hairs to create. (laughs) But it's hearing stories like that that make it worth it, that know that I could set you on a path that's different than what I saw, where you can live your dreams, where you can do what you want and model that for your children. It's really indescribable. So I'm so glad to hear your story. And I think everybody who's listening will be too. All right. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks, Shannon. Bye. Bye. Are you a fan of this podcast? Do you wish there was even more juicy content for you to sink your ears into? Well, there is. You can become a premium member of this podcast for $5.99 a month and get full access to an archive of over 50 bonus episodes. Additionally, we release a bonus episode every single month. That's a ton of extra content, including my personal interior design diaries, extra tips, my talking about trends, and so much more. Additionally, you'll be keeping us on the airwaves each and every week because your premium membership money goes directly back to making this podcast amazing. Check us out at affordableinteriordesign.com. Click on podcast to learn more and to become a premium member today. A big thank you to our amazing producer, Catherine Heller, to Aton and the MBCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends or write us an awesome review on iTunes. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.